if you're acting in a way that is not really you, right, and it seems incongruent, then that's what kills the trust. It's not so much what you do, right, but is it is it congruent to to who you are? Welcome to the Art of E-Commerce podcast. My name is Jaime, and my mission is to help entrepreneurs, corporate escapees, and non-conformists master the art of e-commerce and get paid for their expertise. I went from dropping out of college with zero dollars to my name and just a vision in mind to building a seven-figure business in less than two years thanks to the power of e-commerce. I completely transformed my life in a year, and I believe you can too. So let's help you master the art of e-commerce and get paid. And with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. All right, all right. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Art of E-Commerce. We've got my man Tony, our co-host, and uh, today we're talking all about sales when it comes to your agency, your e-commerce agency. When it comes to really any business, e-commerce as well. And we're gonna talk about a bunch um, about pricing, right? Which is a really, really cool topic, uh, a very important one as well. Both sales and pricing is just like one of those things that at the end of the day, if you don't get right, it's really, really hard to get uh, to be successful with your business and, and to, to actually scale the business, right? Uh, a lot of it comes down to having limiting beliefs around pricing. Um, when it comes to sales, a lot of people are scared of it um, or maybe they've been misguided and are you know maybe way too salesy or they just don't come across uh, in the right way. So I'm, I'm excited to dig into this, man. Me too, bro. Honestly, I think, you know, we were having a convo earlier today about um, this topic generally, and, and I think there's there's a lot to bring and there's a lot of nuance mm-hmm. to it too. Um, but I mean, just to start off, sales generally is one of those things that like, it's always going to serve you well in life, Yeah. right? And if you think about it, you could even say life in general is about knowing how to sell yourself, right? Like knowing how to, even even for like, people going into a nine to five, like knowing how to pitch your yourself as the best person for the job or like in an entrepreneurship environment, selling your, your service or product, like being able to, to pitch yourself as the best uh, fit for, to solve the, um, mm-hmm. the prospects uh, worry. Right. So it's really something that can be encompassed for literally everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those skills that once you, you know, once you get it right, um, everything just becomes so much easier. Now it's not easy to get it right. And, and that's, you know, why we're shooting this podcast. Um, but also it, it really just opens up so many doors and just makes the whole process much, much easier. You know, um, it was only really when I cracked the sales component as well as obviously when you can match it, you know, uh, with the incredible service and incredible product, then that's that's really when you hit breakthrough, right? If, if you've got sales, but no product behind it, then you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? But when you have both components, it's, it becomes, you know, business in, in general just becomes so freaking easy. A hundred percent. And I mean, the thing to, to address right off the bat, the elephant in the room, right? Is the fact that like, you know, some people might think of sales and be like, oh, that's like manipulation. That's like, um, mm. you know, ripping someone off the sleazy sales guy, these kinds of things. When you hear those kinds of reactions, like what comes to mind? I mean, it's just like, it, it does get a bad rep. Uh, I think a lot of it is well-founded um, simply because there are a lot of people who are, you know, who who use this old sales tactics. And here's the thing, right? There are certain products uh, and, and for certain, especially for certain 
um, price points that those type of sales tactics uh, do work, may work, right? Uh, I, I do think there's a lot of resist uh, resistance to them at, at this point. I think everyone really, you know, it's it's kind of like the oldest method in the book. Like mm -hmm. everyone has heard of it, you know. Um, but I feel like once you get to a point where you're, you know, you're looking for those bigger sales, like for example, if you've got an agency and you're looking to sign clients, those tactics are not are not going to help you. Like they're not going to work for you, right? Because it's all about building rapport. It's all about building trust. Because if you're selling anything that has longevity to it, right? You not only want to sell this person on 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 your service, but you want to you want to, you want to sell them on the partnership, right? A lot of people that use this uh, sales tactics that are very aggressive, or they're you know they use the oldest method in the book. Um, it's a one-time purchase. You know that that product. You know that person is going to buy the product, and boom, they're never going to see them again, right? But if you get someone through the door with those sleazy tactics, um, and you're running a, a service-based business like an, an agency, or you're running an e-com brand and you want those to be purchases, you're not thinking long-term because that's not really going to serve you, right? In building that relationship where you you can have this client for 12, 14, 18 months, right? Um, and and really build a widely successful business. Yeah, um, I mean, in the end of the day, there's always going to be the bad apples that ruin the batch right mm. and there's always going to be people who give the impression of uh, i mean i wouldn't even call it a profession in, in the sense of entrepreneurship because it's just part of the package of what you're doing regardless of of um, the service or product that you're going into right um but there are there are certain things that that you can do um and identify like across um selling generally right and one of the things that i've really come to realize over the last year is the fact that you know sometimes in in movies or in um you know just just the the fantasy portrayal of what sales is there's a lot of talking involved and there's a lot of pushing and and guiding people along your your thought pattern right but what i've come to realize is that it's more about the questions you're asking and and the things you're revealing about the prospect that make the bigger difference in the end 100 mm -hmm. percent. i think that like that 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 applies for life in general you know like um, one of the best traits that, that I look for in, in a person is, or can these people generally listen and ask genuine questions, like questions that are, that, you know, investigate, right. That, that do like genuine investigation and inquiring about this person. Uh, and do, you know, do they generally uh, seem interested, right. Um, a hundred percent, you know, I, I, I know people have, have spoken about this concept, um, before, and it's kind of this doctor mindset, right. Where you're diagnosing the, the, the problem, um, Really, with with my sales, uh, to give people a, a bit of an idea, uh, especially for my agency when I'm signing big clients, I'm very laid back about it. Like you know, the, the main thing is understanding where their business is currently at. Because and and then um, if I am doing uh, uh, the talking right, is because I'm pumped because I'm talking to them about some of the strategies they can implement and adding a lot of value to them and maybe using a bit of a sort of flex approach. You know, obviously getting them to understand that like I know my shit, right? Um, and it's it's a matter of like, are you ready for the service? Because the service works, right? The approach works, but it's understanding like whether whether they're ready for the service, right? And that's how I frame things. Um, it's it's not about like, yeah, as you mentioned, like it's, it's not it's not a lot of there's not a lot of talking done. There's not a lot of like, um, yeah, like you know, uh, talking about X, Y, Z, right? It's, it's it's all about listening carefully, right? And and being able to understand what they truly need. That's one thing that people don't. That, that i that i think they mess up in, in sales is like they offer something that the prospect doesn't really need yeah. right straight out the bat the prospect jumps on a call and they have this like cool looking presentation describing their service and how they work no like th that that's not what the prospect wants right uh most people i'm not saying you have to have a tailored solution but just understand where they're currently at what they actually need and then 
even if you have a service that you know it's 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 one for all right then at least you can frame it in a way that benefits yeah. them right like if you have something if you have a you know that that product that you're selling or that service that you're selling even if it's for a broad audience you can frame it in a way that specifically suits their needs right um and and that's that's the the fun thing about sales the fact that different people will see different value in that in that product or service and the key is to understand what is the one thing that they're looking to get out of that because once you can hit that chord then that that sale is very easy you know because at the end of the day it's just finding a win-win like you want this i want this right um and when when you do that it, it becomes very very easy and that's a massive point as well the fact that like you can be selling two people the same service but framing it in completely different ways so as to um, actually target what, what it is that they want, mm-hmm. right? Because they're both going to be in different starting points and, you know, their desired end goal might um, look the same superficially, but deep down, they're going to be thinking of it differently, right? And to bridge that gap, you're going to have to speak about different uh, sides to your own offer to be 100%. able to get there. That, that's why, I'm, you know, we're not big fans of, of, of scripts, right? Like, you know, the when we do sales, um, like... I don't use a script, you know, like I, and, and the way I, I, I teach it to my mentees as well is like, you know, obviously there's a clear structure, right? There are certain uh, transitions that, that you can use and there's certain words that you can use. Don't get me wrong, right? I think a script has value, but once you learn the structure and once you learn kind of like the, the, the path to the sale, get rid of it, you know, like the, not, not, like one of the things that, the, the, that a script does and just having this very like rigid structure to the sale is that it really limits you, right? It makes you into a robot because now you're you're having to stick to this winning script, right? And and it really limits your your human uh, component. And unfortunately, that's the reason why most people will lose a lot of the initial sales. And that's one of the reasons why I lost, um, you know, a lot of the initial sales that I had for my agency, which is normal, obviously, right? You're not gonna, you know, some will, but you're not gonna be closing all the all the initial sales that that, that you get. But a lot of it comes down to like you've been way too stuck to a script or a certain uh, pattern of, of doing things. And when it comes to script, there's also like, cause there's kind of two sides to it, right? Like there's what you say and there's how you say it. Mm. And the, how you say it's kind of like the style you go into it with, right? It's like you were saying, you're, you'd like to be laid back. Um, you're kind of like identifying the, the gaps, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then just like, you know, seeing how you can bridge that. Right. But like for someone starting out, how would you say like, you can actually find the style that suits you. Mm. So a little correction there. Like I, I, I think there's different phases to the call, right? Okay. Like I'm laid back when I'm asking questions, right? I'm laid back when I'm investigating, right? In the investigation investigation um, uh, phase of, of the call where I'm kind of learning about them, right? I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Uh, but once I'm talking about my service or my product, like I'm super pumped. And and, and it's, it's, it's not like a fake hype, you know, or, or excited. It's like, I generally, you know, care about this product I, I, or the service. And I generally know this is great for you, right? And a lot of people, like, they tell me, like, dude, I really feel that energy coming from you. Like, I know, and I feel the confidence coming from you, right? You don't feel it if it's fake, by the way, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's you, you cannot fake this stuff. Like, you generally have to be passionate about it um, because otherwise it just comes off uh, as, as very unnatural. But I think what comes down, you know, it comes down to getting your style down. It, it comes down to... Um, to practice a lot of it, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously, um, looking at a lot of your, your sales calls and playing to your strengths as well. You know, I feel like there's people who are great at hyping people up. Mm. Right. And there's also uh, a great inquirers, right? There's, there's people that are great at asking questions, um, and are very laid back. Uh, there are people who are introverts, 
and people who are extroverts, right? And, and they can both have the same level of success. Like this notion that introverts are not good at sales, absolutely not. You know, I've, I've bought um, high ticket uh, programs or, 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 or products, right? Uh, and they, they were sold by introverts, right? And they were like super laid back on the call. I'm like, yo, are you gonna like tell me about the product? Like, are you gonna speak about it? And, and they're like super chill about it, right? It's a completely different approach. Uh, so I think it's kind of understanding who you are as a person and not trying to be someone else. Like, I think the one thing that, um, the, the one thing that makes people and, and prospects not confident and and um, not trusting of you is not what you say, right? But it's, it's the incongruence. Mm. So if, if you're acting in a way that it's not really you, right? And it seems incongruent, then that's what kills the trust. It's not so much what you do, right? But is it inc- is it congruent to to who you are, right? Like if you're a, a, if you seem like an introvert, laid back person, are you trying to put on this mask and this character when when you're not that person? If you are, then prospects are gonna be like, who really is this person, right? There's no, I, I don't know who they are because there's no congruence in the way they act and the way they actually are. And a lot of that has to do with actually like. Like, how are you going to portray the fact that you're passionate about this? Well, I mean, it helps to actually be passionate about what you're selling, right? Yeah. And to believe in, in the product or service you're, you're doing. Or else, in the end of the day, you are literally just scamming them, right? Yeah, of course. Um, you have to be, you're, you know, you're, you're the biggest hype man for, for your product. Like, you have to be the biggest believer in, in, in what you offer. Uh, that comes down to, to actually thinking about what your irresistible offer is and, and thinking about your customer. And, um, you know, just, just another point on sales as well. Um, just wanted to make the note of like, in the end of the day, you can read as many sales books as you want and you can watch as many uh, talks by Jordan Belford and, and all mm-hmm. these other guys. The only way you're going to get better is actually doing it yourself and looking at what you're doing wrong and diagnosing it and improving on it, right? And that's something I've really noticed, especially after the last couple months or so. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, right? Like if you don't, if you don't, um, jump into it you're not really gonna learn about sales like it's and but but I'm, I'm sure you've noticed right like how drastic like how how exponential the growth can be when it comes to sales 100 percent. even just getting comfortable speaking to people on, on camera you know like i'm not an mm. introverted guy like i've always been comfortable speaking to people normally but when you're put in a sales situation at first like it's uncomfortable yeah. you know like you're you're doing something that you're not used to it's out of your comfort zone but then you do it a few times and if you're actually confident in what you're selling and and you're you know you genuinely think that by buying from you this person is genuinely going to improve the circumstances of their life that that just makes things so much easier yeah i think that that's so big man like people can tell from a mile away uh, if you generally have their interest in mind and it, you know sales is is really like that it's like thinking more about the person you've got in front of you than your own benefit. And I think even like business and, and life in general is like that, right? Like every time every time you do something where you're thinking way too much about the benefit from it, like mm. for, for your own sake, you always put out some whack shit because you're not thinking about the end user. You know, I think, and, and you know, kind of relating to what you said, like I think another reason why people fail uh, in sales is because Maybe they jump on a on a pro, on a call with a prospect, right? And this prospect is you know highly qualified, and they're already thinking about how much they're going to charge them and how it's going to change their life. Dude, that will actually be the, the biggest. You know, th- that's the most detrimental thing you can do, right? Because now your your head is not in the game. Now you're thinking way too much about 
what you're gonna gain out of it instead of like what your uh, client actually needs, right? And then you just mess up the, the, the call completely. But this applies for anything, right? Like even the, I, I use this podcast cause like, you know, we're, we're just launching, right? But like if, if before starting this podcast, add this master plan of how it's gonna bring in new customers and you know, it's gonna make this much, per- like, no, I, dude, I literally have no projections. And I, I think that's like a, another thing that some entrepreneurs may find weird um, when it comes to my approach with, with things is the fact that like, I think you need to be calculated to an extent, but also not be ruled or, or be ruled by the ego and, and what you're looking to get out of it. Cause then you just miss the mark, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like focusing on what does the audience actually want? Is there a space for a new podcast? Like, what are some of the topics that would help? Let, let's get feedback from like a yeah. small, uh, an early bird, you know, a small group of people for us, right? Like w- when you start thinking of the, cu- the, the, the customer and you, have, uh, and you have the customer in mind from the very get go, honestly, it, it, the business just takes care of you. It, it really does. I mean, I think that's a, a good place to actually pivot to uh, the pricing topic that we wanted to discuss mm. since you brought that up. Because, um, you know, like you just said, you can go into a call with, with the, um, a prospect that you know you're you're thinking about pricing and and all these things and how it's going to change your life but like you know, i'm sure going into your first um sales call for for the agency as well you were thinking am i actually worth this much mm. can i actually price at this amount will i actually be able to deliver on this value um what are your thoughts on like the especially the limiting beliefs when it comes to um first starting out and and pitching your your service to a prospect so i think the main thing to understand is that these limiting beliefs are completely normal. You know, like it's I found very few people, if not any, um, who've gone from like not having money to being able to, you know, command those big prices. Like, and and here's the thing: even from the get go, and and even with the mentees, right? And and the the approach that that I have got with the agency, like we think we make sure we have a really really tight offer, make sure that you know the service delivery is on point. But even when you have all that on point, you have the team members already, right? Like it's still, it's still like hard to 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 command those bigger prices, right? Um, that's why it's, it's it's a matter of like understanding that that, that is normal. So that's why you want to get those initial wins under your belt, and that as you gradually start getting those wins under your belt, you start you'll start really seeing the value of, you know, the, the, what what you can offer, right? Um, so I, I think it's it's just understanding that in most cases it is completely normal. Um, and the way you overcome it, the way I, I would recommend people, who, especially who are in the agency space uh, and are servicing e-com uh, brands, is making a lot of money on the percentage, mm. because that is easier for your brain to conceptualize. Like that, if you charge like let's let's just say a fix, right? That is not huge, but then you charge a decent percentage. Like you're not really seeing the amount, so you're you know you don't have the limiting belief around the money because you, you haven't like charged a specific amount, but you've charged a, a percentage. And then as you start seeing you, the, the work that you do translate into, into money, then it really be, becomes uh, much easier. So that's a, a, a way to bypass it with a performance like driven incentive. But um, I think it's just, like a lot of it is just part of the game, really. And the, I mean, the performance driven incentive is also a very big one because, you know, with, with that, it's literally directly proportional to the amount of value that you're bringing to the, the client, mm-hmm. right? So in that sense, you can totally justify um, the amount you're making there. Um, and it's okay. not just some number you've plucked out of the air, right? Like it's completely based on what what they're getting from your services. 100%. And that just makes it so much easier, really. And what do you think in terms of like, so for example, I see 
for example, I'm an agency owner starting out and I see someone else who's starting out around the same time as me. And, um, you know, we both signed our first client. We both pitched similar price. I see that they've signed a client for like twice the amount for their second client. Mm. And that I let that inf- impact me. And I'm like, oh, am I worth the same as them? Um, are they, am I really going to be able to deliver on that amount? Um, how do you recommend actually approaching that and, and approaching comparisons and yeah, my, my take is, um, I really don't give a shit what all, like I, I honestly, um, especially at the start, you don't want to do this, right? You don't want to compare your pricing to, to anything else out in the market. And it may be, uh, kind of you know, um, contradictory to what a lot of people say, which is, you know, you got to analyze the prices in the market and make a, a, a decision there. And obviously you have to be aware of kind of like what the prices look like, right? But I, I really don't care about price. Like, you know, I, I don't compare my pricing to anything else mm-hmm. in the market. Like I know um, my pricing in many areas and in many of my businesses, they're way higher than most people, like way higher than the average. But I don't care about that because at the end of the day, what you need to care about is, what, you know, what's your product? Right? Your product may be completely, your service, your product may be completely different to what other people are offering, right? The results that you offer may be completely different. Um, the market that you go, uh, that, that you market to may be completely different. Maybe you're going more niche. And so this this notion that I really resonate with that competition is for losers. Mm. I, I don't, I'm not competing, nor with a product, nor with a service, nor with pricing. I'm just like, you know, in, in my lane, like, uh, you know, I've got a, a specific um, niche, right? And that, and, and a specific product and maybe it's, be- it's way better than what's out there and I'm going to charge higher for it. Um, and I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of people, and I, I was almost caught, out, uh, caught up in this, right? Um, at the start, like a lot of people make their pricing decisions based on who the top dog is mm. in the space, right? And they're like, oh, I could never be like that, right? So let me, you know, uh, clearly I'm, I'm, I'm just below that, right? So I'm going to try to gain the market share by dropping my prices. Mm. And I think that that strategy is the worst because people want to pay for good shit, right? And the people who cannot afford your services, they're not the right ones. Yeah. Like you don't want to work with them, but trust me, if, if your shit's good, like people want to pay for it. Like there's a market for it. So understand that if you want to pay, if you want to charge higher prices, you you know, if, if the top dog is like charging X, right? And you want to charge two X, you guys are going for different markets. Maybe you have a completely different product just because there's a top, you know, uh, a top dog in the space and they've been the top dog for like 10 years, right? It doesn't mean that you cannot charge more than them. Just approach it differently. Tap into a blue ocean, right? A, a space where maybe there's, there's not as much competition or maybe don't go after, you know, this company's um, uh, clients, right? Create your own uh, lane, right? Maybe have a much better product. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people, even their product creation and their product development is is literally determined by the competitor. They're like, oh, I cannot, I want to charge less listen how 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 messed up this is right oh since i'm gonna charge less because i cannot be the top dog when it comes to pricing because i don't have that authority i'm gonna create a lesser product Mm. when you're putting out a product that's not better than 10 times better than what's what's out there already you're already making a bad decision as an entrepreneur like if you're putting out worse products out out in the market just so that you can charge less you literally have no reason to exist and your business is not going to thrive. You may may have like short-term success or gains, sure. But if you're, if you're already making that decision of like creating a worse product than what's out there, just by, by simple business nature, like you're not going to succeed. 
Uh, so never make never make your product development or your product creation or service creation decision on don't base it on around pricing. Don't look at what the top dog is, is offering because maybe they're in a complete different space. Find your own, own lane and find a way to either charge the same or charge higher. And know the value that you're bringing as well, right? Mm. Because, you know, as you said, if you're going in a slightly different direction, you're opening up to a new uh, blue ocean, as you called it. Like, there's no base for comparison. You know, like, there's no benchmark there. And as you said as well, like, if you're trying to come up with a product that is much better than anything else that's out there, which if you're not, in the end of the day, like, why not? Then why aren't you not at least going for it? Then, you know charging the price that you think warrants it and listening to the market which is another key um thing you know after you've released it is is a big part of that because there's no point in in you know just whipping a price out of thin air and putting it out there or like trying to undercut everybody just because you know you can catch the low-hanging fruit like what's the point of that right <laughs> yeah it's, it, really, like you're also going to build a business that you're probably going to hate because mm. you're going to attract the wrong people and i'm not saying that the people that cannot afford higher ticket uh, you know, services or anything like that are worse people. But just buying a, a lesser quality product just attracts lesser quality clients and, and customers, right? Um, so 100%. I mean, not to get too personal here, right? Um, but I also, th I, you know, the, the way I see my personal brand, it, 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 the exact same thing. Like the, the way I see everything is, is the exact same thing. Like when I started uh, creating content, you know, I, I would I would have placed myself in the, digital marketing social media marketing agency scene right but very quickly i realized that no like i don't want to compete in a crowded market right I mean, there's there's bigger people in this space right uh, because they've been doing it they've been at it for longer uh and they have an edge right so how can i find the edge like i'm i'm, I'm not willing to like i'm not gonna as an entrepreneur right i, I wasn't gonna say i'm gonna take third fourth place right i was like no let, let me create my own lane uh and let me be number one you know the, the top person in that in that lane right uh and if that means i'll have less you know less followers or less people that that um that fuck with it so be it right but at least like you know having your specific lane and so that's why i you know i i basically instead of trying to like either battle out and try to be the top person in this already crowded space i was like okay let me actually shift towards something that I'm more passionate about, something that comes to me easier. And that was the e-com agency space, which no one was really talking about. It was like a, a, a vertical, right? Uh, within the social media marketing agency space. And then as I dove uh, deeper into it, I, I realized that it had incredible potential to even become larger than the social media marketing agency space, right? Um, and so so that's, that's that, you know, I, I, when, I, when I started a new business, whether it's my personal brand or my agency, like that, that's the way I approach things. I'm like, I always look for the blue ocean. Like, what is the, the, the space that comes to me, you know, fairly easy, right? Um, is, you know, I'm playing in, in the space that I'm playing um, to my strengths and also where I can be the top dog, right? Uh, and, I, and I can serve as many people and, 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 uh, and as, as, as well as possible. Big, big points there. Um, yeah, no, on, on the blue oceans, on the, the um, dominating your own space, and you know carving out and not competing with with others it's, it's just not worth it like competition is and again competition is just it's just annoying like um i'm not i'm not saying this this there's not a space for competition but you see this all the time as well I, I think entrepreneurs um and again everything that we speak about we've gone through right like i you know when i when i say like 
other people have, you know, t I, I tend to include myself in, in it as well, right? But I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs find an ego boost from competing with, with someone, right? For like mm -hmm. the same market share or whatever. And I think there is a place and time for that. But I feel like sometimes it blinds entrepreneurs from saying, hey, like, let them have it. Let me look in, into, let, let, me, let me look at their blind spots, right? What are they missing? What, what, what can I attack? Instead of trying to beat them at, at their own game, right? Which you guys can go for, you know, you guys can, can go at it, right? You can, you know, 30 years going at it, right? Instead of trying to do that and trying to beat them at their own game, why not find the blind spots and, and just tap into that? And when you start taking some time off and, and then kind of like realizing and reflecting, okay, what are some of the places I could tap into, right? What are some of my strengths and some of the things that they're not capitalizing on? Then all these spots, like they just become very clear, right? And you just like expose them one at a time. And before you know it, you know, you've made more progress in six months than they have in like three years. Um, and I think, you know, that that's kind of the, the way I approach business all the time is like, instead of competing and going at it, like for the same piece of uh, bread, right? Like just find a different angle flip it on on its head like find a different spot uh, a blind spot uh where they don't even see it coming and then boom you're you you're like literally on, on the same spot or, or head no big big points there um in terms of you know finding your own space um creating space for yourself tapping into the blue ocean really like it, as you said there there is that quote competitions for losers right and you're trying mm -hmm. to carve out your your own space and being able to um serve people and be the best at at what you're doing within there right and um you know as you said as well you can try to copy someone for as much as you want but you're never really going to be able to beat the ogs at their own game yeah it's you have to be creating your own one and innovating and breaking new barriers yeah. from that dude i think comparing it to sport mm. i think like boxing and, and mma like it's it's literally a great embodiment of 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 this concept which is like they never try to beat their competitor at their own game they always try to expose their weaknesses right mm -hmm. and that's you know why you know for example people realize that mcgregor was great with his hands but like he wasn't great on 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 you know on his feet or grappling right and so that's how he start he, he started uh, losing right and, and people started uh, beating him um the same thing with boxing like most of the you know knockouts are very calculated moves right some of them are, are like they're not really you know they, they wait for for the other person to come in and then boom jab right um and i feel like you know it's it it has a certain like nobility to it and uh and and it compares well right because it's business it's, it's not it's not about who throws the most punches sometimes or, or who hits harder it's like it's just very calculated you look at you know their weakness like you just kind of like mayweather like he doesn't really engage but he's like the most successful uh boxing of all time uh, boxer of all time because he's so calculated he just like you know, takes the, the first three rounds to look at his opponent, literally diagnoses um, his opponent, uh, exposes all weaknesses, right? And then he goes for the kill uh, in a very calculated manner. So I think that's a, a really good comparison um, when it comes to like business in general. And with that, it's a wrap for another episode of uh, the art of e-commerce. Uh, yeah, we, we, we ended up talking about boxing. Uh, <laughs> covered a lot of stuff there. Yeah, man. It, uh, it comes to show that these are wide-ranging conversations it not it's not just all going to be about e-commerce i think it all relates back to it right? it all relates back to business and and the way we do business nowadays is is mainly through um you know e-commerce and, and and that's what we're passionate about but if we can talk about sales pricing and even boxing we'll, we'll do it uh so 
Guys, if you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't done so already, go, on, go ahead and uh, smash the like button and hit, uh, hit the little bell icon so you never miss uh, an update. Also, if you're listening on iTunes or actually it's not in iTunes at this point, it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and uh, subscribe for more episodes. And with that being said, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Tony. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. That is it for today's episode of The Art of E-Commerce. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and share this with your friends on social media. Just make sure to tag me on Instagram at JaimeHiguera1. And with that being said, I'll see you in the next episode.